world speaking. Can't take your message right now. I'm not doing important things like becoming a CEO and captain of industry. See ya. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to Propaganda Watch. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Now, we all Boo. remember from our history textbooks that... Marie uh, yeah, so Pancake's going to play some fucking news or some shit. Uh, it's 6 o'clock. It's usually time for House of Pride with Tweeka Turner, which is awesome. But instead, we're going to listen to some news about COVID and other sad, sad things. Yeah, here we go. And smart people stuff. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to Propaganda Watch. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Now, we all remember from our history textbooks that Marie Antoinette, the last queen of the French, infamously remarked during the French Revolution in the throes of a peasant uprising over a lack of bread to eat, let them eat cake. Right? Well, as it turns out, like pretty much everything else you learned in your history textbooks, that too is a lie. In fact, doubly so. First of all, because she did not say let them eat cake, but literally let them eat brioche, which is a different thing entirely. But more to the point, actually, there's no evidence whatsoever that she actually said that. Uh, this was originally started as some sort of thing that was vaguely attributed to the, some French royalty, some French princess at some point in the past century or two, and it only actually got affixed to Marie Antoinette 50 years after the fact by uh, pro-revolutionary historians. So... Take it for what it's worth. And I think we can all understand how, you no, know, we cannot be expected to believe that any would-be misleader of the people could be so divorced from reality, so ensconced in her own privilege that she would be as tone-deaf as to say something like, let them eat cake to starving peasants, right? Right? Uh, Speaker Pelosi, what have you found? What are you going to share with us from your home? Chocolate. Really? Chocolate. Chocolate, chocolate candy. Oh, wow. And this is, this is something you can get through the mail. Okay. Run out. Can I show, show you? Me. Yeah, absolutely. This is the episode of Cribs I never knew I needed. Oh, my. Wow. Other people in our family go for some other flavors, but chocolate, and then we have some other chocolate here. <laughs> See, I've always felt a connection with you, and now I understand why. Oh, right. That's exactly what just happened. Yes, what you have just seen, of course, is part of the new sheltering-in-place, social-distancing, late-night TV comedy, I guess? Or its equivalent in this coronavirus age, of course, with the risible James Corden hosting Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, about, oh, what are you doing to cope with these trying times? Well, let me show you my $24,000 fridge stocked with $13 pints of ice cream. And let me show you how I'm coping with this. Oh, chocolate. Oh, aren't I so relatable to those masses? You know, people like chocolate and stuff. This'll, this'll go over very well, won't it? <laughs> Yeah, no, of course not. And you can find out more information about this uh, from any number of places online. I'll throw in a link to uh, bizpackreview.com. Nancy Pelosi brags about stockpile of $13 per pint ice cream in $24,000 fridge as Americans line food banks. 
showing how millionaire Nancy Pelosi showed how tone-deaf and arrogant she is by flaunting her dessert stockpile in her $24,000 refrigerator while millions of unemployed Americans line up at food banks amid the coronavirus sh shutdowns. Uh, pointing out that as some people have uh, done the due diligence and found the exact fridge-freezer pair that she has in the background there, it's a $24,000 setup that she has there to stock her trays of $13 per pint ice cream. Uh, and this is what's getting her through these troubling times. Meanwhile, in reality... Before sunrise, hundreds had already lined up in front of San Antonio's Alamo Dome, each car representing the economic impact of the vicious pandemic gripping the nation and the families now facing an uncertain future. Beatrice Ortiz was the first in line. There's a lot of people hurting out here, you know, a lot of people, even in my, in, within my family. Soon, under the morning sun, the enormity of a critical need would be made clear. Cars, bumper to bumper, people desperate to feed their families. Matthew Serna among the 2,000 people who came to this food distribution site, laid off from his job soon after the shutdown began. Nobody likes it when your kids ask what's for dinner and you're not sure what to tell them. It's not easy to ask for help and we try to provide for our own family. Food banks across the country are seeing huge demand. This moving scene at a grocery store in Maryland and long lines like this one in New York forming outside of this food bank. Oh, what, the, the peasants are having some sort of problem getting food? Well, just let them eat ice cream. Yes, it's absolutely unfathomable that some politician, who one would expect is a servant of the people, right, is not only flaunting their wealth in the public's face, but so oblivious to that inherent privilege that they are flaunting that they would think that it is a good idea to go on some entertainment show and relate to the people by, oh, I'm, I'm just engorging myself with this chocolate ice cream. Oh, I know, so naughty. <laughs> From their $24,000 fridge with their $13 pints of ice cream, while people, for the first, many people for the first time in their lives, finding themselves unemployed and taking food from the food bank. It's unfathomable that anyone could be that out of touch with reality, but as we are finding out in this crazy time, there are many people who are that detached from reality, like, speaking of detached from reality, Joe Biden, the uh, Weekend at Bernie's candidate for 2020, uh, tweeting in response to Speaker Pelosi's freezer, you have great taste at Speaker Pelosi. As if that is, again, the type of thing that uh, Joe Biden wants to be associating his campaign with at this point. Not that this is a political thing per se, but it is, it, it again, speaks to an utter obliviousness to the situation that many people are facing. And I have no doubt that you have seen any number of hot takes by any number of people along these lines in the preceding weeks and months. Uh, and we'll see many, many more as this continues to, to unfold. And... Perhaps no more contemptible example can I find than the hot take by comedian Patton Oswalt, who tweeted out, Anne Frank spent two years hiding in an attic, and we've been home for just over a month with Netflix, food delivery, and video games, and there are people risking viral death by storming state capitol buildings and screaming, Open Fuddruckers! Again, 
again, the absolute obliviousness of people like this who are millionaires who probably don't have to work another day in their life because they could wall themselves up in their palatial home uh, streaming Netflix and eating food delivery uh, for the rest of their lives. Well, guess what? There are people out there who can't do that. The people you pretend normally to care about, the poorest people in the U.S. and elsewhere who are feeling the first effects of this economic depression that we are slipping into, and you are making fun of them for caring about the fact that their entire life savings, their entire livelihoods, their way of life has been taken out from underneath them, and they're a little bit upset about this and the fact that they're lining up at food banks and finding themselves on the unemployment rolls. Oh, why are you whining? You just want to open Fuddruckers. Oh, you, you silly peasants, you simpletons. Let them eat cake. Let them eat ice cream. Again, the, the tone deafness of this is just off the charts. But if, I suppose, if anything good can come out of the times that we find ourselves living in. It is not only the, the ultimate demystification of celebrity um, that has taken place in the era of social media when we get occasionally to see behind the PR veil that these uh, celebrities raise around themselves, but actually to see what they are like underneath and how they actually respond to people uh, in their social media feeds. But now we are seeing all these absolutely oblivious celebrities as if they matter at all to the average working person who is literally struggling to put food on their family's table. Now, oh, well, we're all in this together, says Madonna in her bath bathtub, surrounded by rose petals in her million, multi-million dollar estate. We're all in this together. The virus has made us all equal. Now I'll get some of my underlings to go fetch me some more food. Uh, absolutely just ridiculous. But it, if anything, I, I, I think this really could be the end of the era of celebrity that accompanied the rise of mass media of the 20th century. Perhaps this is truly the last nails in those coffin, and uh, in that coffin, and let's hope it is so, because it could not come too soon. Um, but think about this. Think about all of the, the pieces of information that are embedded in something like Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi giving you a little peek into her multi-million dollar mansion where she scoops up $13 pints of ice cream from her $24,000 freezer and uh, wonders why the peasants are so angry about what's going on. It's ridiculous. And <laughs> I guess it's a good thing that Marie Antoinette didn't live in the age of social media so that her let them eat cake or whatever she did or didn't say during the French Revolution couldn't be recorded for all posterity. But here we are, and here it is being recorded. So let's note these things as they're happening. On that note, I would invite people in the Corporate Report community who have noticed similar pronouncements by the cozy uh, elites ensconced in their mansions, whining about how the poor peasants are out there demonstrating to open Fuddruckers or something along those lines. Let's make note of that in the comment section of this video. Let's just keep a record of some of these statements for posterity's sake, because I think it's good to keep this on file. On that note, we're going to end things for today. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, talking to you again very soon. If you're down with it, hey, yo, son, I ride around with my hooky tennis to ride around with Cause I be feeding for that pookie. I smoke the good, save the backyard boogie for all groupies. And I be smoking up the hotel lobby between Moshe's and the Isleys. I'm hot as you.
brother Icy K plays tell you to get politely. Hit the monkey if you're riding around getting rude. Ask me if I love the rap game. I'm loving it. Cause I can do what the fuck I feel this real place to poop with D Don and tap to get the dirt. Let's get key. I got 
hollered from the town, mess around and hurt you up. Getting up, said I gotta be down, cause new styles is going down. Look around you, tunes from the loon spreading round and round you. Back to get my old one, they let me flow on the 35 on it. Yeah, I'm on it, still bringing satin for them draws. Velvet for the mic and got a pound for the car. Yeah, cannabis, a tea for hitting the Mary Jane. Smoking a five before it's 12 o'clock, sipping on hurricane. Better to smoke on the endo, rolling up my window, finna go to the land. With a handful of rock, when it comes to the sticky, I'm the man. Crunch nasty, I'll be hitting the J so hard I earl. Falling on the floor, finna have a stroke, TXC ain't no joke. I got five on everything, that's you know, didn't smoke. It's P-I-C-E, about to hit it, then crow. I represent your challenge, my nigga. Oh, yes, apocalypse now. The gunpowder would be going down. Diggy, diggy, down, diggy, down. While the planets and the stars and the moons collapse. When I raise my trigger finger, all y'all niggas hit the deck. Cause ain't no need for that. Hustlers and hardcore. Roar to the floor, roar like reservoir doors. The green eye bandit can't stand it. With more booty and loops than that two can sand bitch. Plus, the barbazi got me wild. Messing with them. It's a straight suicide. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's the funk doctor spot smoking on the train. How high? So high that I can kiss the sky. Look up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. But then I'm Johnny Blaze, ain't a damn thing changed. How high? So high that I can kiss the sky. murder one lyric at your door. Take out, bring it to that ass. Roar, breaking all the rules like glass jaws. Nigga, you got to get mine to get yours. Fucker, we don't need no rap tour. I'd rather kick the facts and catch you with the rap chore. More than you bargain for. The cows I say he's open like an all-night store. For real, I keep shit ill like a piece of blue steel. Pointed at your temper with the intent to kill. And then your existence. M.E.T. Ain't no use for resistance. H.O.P. I shift like a clutch with the ruck. Examine my nuts, I don't stop till I get enough. Six million ways to die, so I chose. Made it six million and one with your eyes closed. And blindfold cold so you can feel the wrath. And shatter the glass a second half on your funky ass. And yo, my man, hit me now. Bitches used to play me, now they can't forget me now. They get me now, I rock the spot, check clock. Empty off my licking off and hip hop. Fuck the billboard, I'm a bullet on my block. How you know when you pay? Oh, yeah, we got Jim Perez on the line. Hey, actually, it's Tracy. Oh, hi, Tracy. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. Rad. No, that's great, too. Someone called in. How you doing, Tracy? Hey, Pam. What's up? I'm great. Yeah, I mean, we're just hanging in this crazy COVID times. Have you? I'm, what have you been up to? I'm just glad that COVID brought back radio. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
like calling from the toilet. That's what I want. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm just hanging out. Um, uh, full disclosure, I am nude. Fantastic. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm living like a monk now. You know? Yeah, I think that we are, um, I believe it's 47 days without comedy now that we're on. Uh, uh, yeah. Someone can check me on that. but and horny as fuck. Oh, right? really? Yeah. Yeah. What pictures do you masturbate to? Um, I honestly just pray a lot these days. Oh, wow. And that gets me off. All right. Yeah. So, like, to Jesus or to Buddha? Like, which is hotter? Um, oh, for sure, Buddha. Well, I'm, which okay, one? Well, the fat Buddha or the Siddhartha it's Buddha? It's like, it's, it's like you admire Buddha so much, and you want to be like him, mm. but then you want Jesus as a boyfriend. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm both. I'm, like, seeing them both. All right, both. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I've always wanted a threesome with two guys, and if it's gonna be Buddha and Jesus, fuck yeah, I'm in. Yeah, dude. Right. Let's get it done. And, and then invite your friends too. Whatever. Invite your friends. <laughs> we'll all we'll all chant in a corner. It won't even be sexual, actually. <laughs> it'll just be a sing along. <laughs> it'll be it'll be a sing along yeah. chant. It's gonna be a fun time. What? So, um. So you've been using your COVID times wisely, or are you just chilling, watching tons of Netflix? What are you up to? Um, so basically, I, I offer a three Sunday uh, hour long yoga class on Zoom. I'm, I'm just here, just promoting it. Um, just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. But uh, honestly, I do do that. But it's I've only taught six times now. I teach once a week, so it's manageable. But um, it's friends and family, and anyone's invited. All right. Yeah. And you're at, uh, where are you in the city? Are you in the city or are you in Oaktown? I am in the city and I'm right by the freeway entrance. Oh, wow. Under the bridge. So, and kidding. nobody's um, been I, coming by. There's no, no it's one. silent. No one. That's where people skate, actually. Uh, yeah. That's one of the spots that I just gave away. Okay, but. well, I need to go Sorry. down there and hang out because <laughs> I make the pot cookies. There's a skate shop um, two doors up from my door of my apartment building, and the skateboarders have been doing, you know, their awesome shit. And I, I went down the other day, and I watched them, and I just baked a bunch of pot cookies, and I came over with a plate, and I was like, hey, I really appreciate the show. These are really strong pot cookies. And then I became their god for like 30 seconds. <laughs> Cam, you were their Mother Teresa. Let's be real. I was like... You were the Mother Teresa of, of pot cookies for these kids. And it was great. I was like, thank you guys so much for like kick flipping your way into my heart. Here's some cookies. They all have like 35 milligrams. And they all, they were like, these are really good cookies. I'm like, thank you, tasty cookies. You're all going to be really thank high. Be careful. Out, Jason. You were helping them chill, man. I just love skateboarders. What can I say? You were also being a pharmacist, but a free one. Well, yes. Well, on Kinda, Leavenworth. Right? There's a guy on Leavenworth, and I've walked yeah. by him three times now, and he's had uh -huh. a jar of weed just on the street. They're just selling trees on the street. And I, I, I've walked by him so many times, and I always give him the thumbs up and, like, wave. But today I stopped, and I was like, 
I love that you're doing this and I want to take a picture of you, but I don't want to bust your game. I don't want to like take a picture of you and then post it. People are like, on the corner of Eddie and Leavenworth, there's a guy selling weed. And so it yeah. isn't Eddie. I just used a name. It's not that street. It is Leavenworth, though. Those are really specific streets, Pam. It Damn. is really specific streets. You but that- inadvertently gave out this. I didn't. It aren't. It isn't. It isn't. It isn't between those streets. But it is on Leavenworth, and they have these huge jars of weed. And so today I walked by and I like gave him the thumbs up again. And then I walked back and I said, "Hey man, I love what you're doing. I want to take a picture, but I won't because I don't want to bust your game. But here, have a pot cookie. They're really strong." And he's like, "Oh shit, yeah." And then he split it with his friend, and and they're gonna be super high because the cookies today are like. I had one last night at 10.30, and I woke up on my couch at, like, 1.51, and my cats were wreaking havoc in the house, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I fell asleep. I mean, they're good pot cookies is what I'm saying. Did you seem I like a – I believe you. <laughs> Yay. Did you seem like a questionably housed person? Oh, everyone I meet is questionably housed these days. No one else is out of their house except for questionably housed per- people and you, Pancake. Yeah. Tracy, yeah. do you know Pancake? Who's Pancake? He's on the line right now, too. He, Hello. Can you hear him? There oh, he is. Oh, hey, Pancake. That's What's up? Pancake. We're six feet is away from each other. Name? Don't worry. Hmm? Is that his given name or? Stage did name. That name. That's his stage name. Got it. Yeah. What would be your hey. stage name if you were to make up a stage name? Me? Yeah. Uh, Probably, like, Snake. Snake. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. What snake am I supposed to think of when next, you say that? Next up to the mic, put your hands together, everybody. It's the comedy stylings of Snake. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, it's sort of metaphorical a little bit. Because um, you got a, you got a big yeah. snake in your pants. You got a one-eyed monster in your pantalones. I tried to slither the middle way, Pam. Ah. Um, so I'm not snake. All right. I'm trying to walk between light and dark. Mm. Oh, from trying Metal Gear Solid. Mm. Who's that? M- Metal Gear Solid, the, the the character named Snake. Um, I don't know what that is, but sure. It's a video game. It's Never mind. A thing that exists already. Yeah, it's a video it. game that only boys pay attention to. That's I mean, not I guess fair. Snake is a pretty generic name anyway. Nah, it's fine. Yeah, snake. fuck Snake. I'm Whatever. Gonna, next time I bring you up on a stage, I'm going to bring you up as Snake. It'll be great. <laughs> My rap name is Hot Dirty P. Hot Dirty P. <laughs> to Whoa. the stage. Yeah, that's my rap name. I've done a little rap. Not really, but kind of. Hot Dirty P. That's what I get off on. Not like hot, dirty pee on me. Like, I am hot, dirty pee. Ah. Uh. I'm sterile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. out of wine. I started drinking wine. I don't, I stopped drinking, and then I drink when I choose to drink, and I chose a drink Pam, today. never start a hospital, okay? Never this start a hospital. Never start a hospital. I'll no. never have that much money. If I had enough money to start a hospital, instead... I would, um, I'd have like a little, this is, this is like my dream that I would have this, um, sort of compound 
and there's a big house at the top, and then there's a barbecue pavilion, and then there's a pool, and then there's like a stage that can go over the pool, and then there's eight houses that surround the pool, and they aren't really houses, they're like one-bedroom studios, but they're two stories, so that the second story has a lot of light, so that you can, I don't know, paint if you wanted, but really it's like, it would be Pam. You're a dreamer. I am a dreamer. Can I just it, say that? It's a residency you're a program. Dreamer, man. It's a residency program for artists and stand-up comedians. So what they would do is they would apply to me, and they'd be like, "Can we stay around your pool and the barbecue pavilion for a month?" And I'd be like, "Yes," but at the end of the month, you have to have a fifty-minute. You have to have a one-person show, or you have to show us all this work, right? Mm. So you get to stay there and live there, and like. There's a barbecue pavilion, and I cook for everybody, and there's, like, the big house up at top, but everyone has their own residences, and we're partying around the pool, and we're having so much fun, and everything's great. But you have to be working artistically at the same time, and then after that month, we have a big show, and instead of, like, we just cover up the pool with the, you know, the the stage, and then everybody sits there and watches, and we have people come in, and then it's like, oh, look, you did this. Damn, this is elaborate as fuck. Wait, just a month? You get to stay for a month. You can you can apply for more time after the month. But there are so many artists that want to stay there, right? Like that they'd want to – who doesn't want to live – I mean, can you imagine there's this big pretty pool and it's like – and there's all these little apartments. Wait, does this place exist? No, it's in my head. If I win the lottery or – if anybody ever gives me money for any real purpose, that's what I would do. Hmm. I would create wow. this space that artists. I knew you wanted to start a cult. I. <laughs> it was obvious, Pam. But it's not a forever cult. It's only like month at a time. People yeah, really. No, I love that. Yeah. I love that. And... I would do it in a heartbeat. Right? Wouldn't it be so much fun? And. I mean, I try to keep it, like, equal with guys and girls because obviously it's going to be, like, summer camp and everybody's going to fuck. But I'd like to it, – it, but everyone what's has their own house. What's a girl anymore, though? We could be girls you and know, girls. Exactly. Yeah. We don't discriminate. No, no. I mean, I will try to have a good cross-section of artists – Every Just make sure month. they have symmetrical faces, okay, Pam? Uh. <laughs> I don't – hey, I'm into the soul. Souls aren't symmetrical. There's no shape to a soul. So I'm – it doesn't – I'm. do What's I like pretty boys? Like? Yes. Is Are those the only people I'm going to let in to my artist compound? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> what if they I know. It's not a harem. Not if, Pam's harem, dude. Ah, uh, it's. So I, that I mean, that would be a good idea too. I, Is Pam's harem taken? I I haven't looked yet. Look right now. I well, I, I should Just and kidding. I should have. It's at Pam's comedy harem, but then it would be all guys. That would be the thing. It would be like there'd be. I'm I'm terrible. All personal trainers, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> they don't all they have to be the personal flesh trainers. Only. They deal in the flesh. You got one guy who's a massage therapist. You yeah. got one guy who's a chiropractor. Mm. <laughs> Crack me, baby. I need and, a skateboarder. Uh, Kick flip your way into my heart, sweetheart. I'm in. A skateboarder for sure. Mm. Uh, what about a guy who uh, does Qigong and Tai Chi? Both at the same time. Sure. I mean, I'd, prefer, I'd prefer some fucking Crown Magao or some... 
I'd like some. I'd like some. What's the Brazilian dance fighting? I'd like some Brazilian yeah. dance fighters before. Exactly. Mmm. Capoeira. Capoeira. Give me some capoeira, bitches. I'm in. <laughs> oh man, Pam. Who do you who who do you objectify? Who's in um, popular cinema or TV? Um, I like me a good um, a good River Phoenix. Mmm, throwback. Yeah, but like not Stand by know, Me. Too young. Too young. Too young. Pam, please, who do you think I am? Well, I loved, I mean, I, when Stand By Me came out, I was that age. And so I was like, damn. I liked Will that Wheaton. Was your movie. Will Wheaton was my biz natch. And then he was on the, he was on the fucking Star Trek Next Gen. Mm. And then he got to you be know an who adult. I love? And he's ugly. A young Matthew mm. Broderick. Ooh. I yes. Know. Oh, you like 80s boys. I see. I okay. Do. I do. I don't know. It was a good decade. Absolutely. It was a great decade. What about the cute guy from uh, 16 Candles where they sat on the table at the end in front of the birthday cake? The um, Yeah, he was hot for sure. Uh, he was also in that movie with um, Christina Ricci as a baby baby and um, Cher and Winona Ryder yeah. as a teenager, yeah. and he had sex with Winona, Winona Ryder in that movie, and it was called Mermaids. I remember <gasps> it. With Cher? With Cher. Cher was the mom, and her love interest was the guy from uh, Roger Rabbit. Oh. The guy, the, no. the live man. Hang on. The, I always get him mixed up with Matilda's dad, Danny DeVito. It's not Danny DeVito, but it's another bald, portly man. He was Mario. Yes. And he was Mario, but he was also in Who's, a, who's oh, Framed Roger Rabbit, Framing Roger Rabbit, and he was the one real person. And he played the love interest of Cher. He owned a shoe store. And uh, her daughter, she has two daughters, and one of them is Winona Ryder, who has sex with the Uh guy from 16 Candles, and the other is Christina Ricci. And she is so pretty as, like, a 12-year-old. It's hard not to be in love with Christina Ricci, like, before she had boobs, you know? Like, wow. Yeah, wow. Like, Adam Stanley, Christina Ricci. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I love Christina. I love me some Christina Ricci. Her and... The, I love her forehead, yeah. She's, she, I, uh, you know, I like her with, who, who, what is that guy, um, Gus Van, not Gus Van Sant, uh, God, what is he? He's like in Buffalo 66. Mm. No, maybe I'm getting him wrong. Anyways, um, no, Brown Bunny. Do you know that movie, Brown Bunny? No, I don't know that movie. Okay, look it up, look it up after the show, don't worry about it. She was in a uh, she was in a great movie with Steve Buscemi, uh, yeah. where it was about comic books, and she was very young and he was very old and he was very interested in her and she was for a minute but then she wasn't and it's a weird movie. Dude, I love that movie, Ghost World. Ghost World, yeah. That movie is like all great movies about alienation. Yes, and hey, but, Steve Buscemi, he's, he's yeah. Um, I feel like the whole internet. Is based on that movie. Just 
I'm not I'm joking. It's like obsession with one thing. You know, for him it was like records. For her it was like not being 17, you know? And like it it's based on a comic book series that's pretty good too. Right. Okay, I feel like I'm co-opting this. Is this like a what show is this? Even? This is technically House of Pride with Tweeka Turner, yeah. but nobody's here anymore because of COVID. And yeah. so I'm I was here today, so I'm still here. <laughs> I don't know what else to do with my life. Besides, I baked all my pot cookies and fudge yesterday, last night, and so I'm here and people were supposed to I mean, everything worked out great today. Everything was great. The yeah, you got engaged. I got engaged. I got engaged to Lizzie Stanton. Damn. I did. Congratulations. Thank That's you. Amazing. Do you know Do you know Lizzie Stanton out of uh, Vancouver, British Columbia? She got banned from the United States because of comedy. And uh, she's been up there in Vancouver. We had a really beautiful hour and a half longer long conversation today and decided uh, that we're just going to get married because she needs to come back to the United States and we're both poly type people so we're like let's fucking get it done come on back girl <laughs> let's get married okay, get that prenup ready I'll never you have to keep the radio I've station. been I've been married before and Mar marriage is the only STD that you can catch legally, and that's sexually <laughs> transmitted debt. But you don't actually, when you get married, have to transfer everything. It doesn't all become legal. I was married, and it didn't. It does. It only does that if you want it to do that. So, yeah. Lizzie and I can get married. Married, and that's Got the whole it. thing. We're starting our relationship now so that we can take these podcasts and clip them out and send them to the United States government and be like, no, see how we're in love? Do you see our love? Do you feel our love on these mm -hmm. podcasts? And we'll get a petition. Our history, our history and our love. And because um, she's like, I can't ever come back to the United States and do comedy. I'll fix wow. it. I'm a fixer. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was a pleasure to catch up over the phone. Yay! Tracy. I will call back at the same time every day. Are, are um, when when are, when COVID dies, word? are you gonna bring Monday nights back to a uh, motherfucking saloon? I want to. Good. I want to. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for being on the scripts. Everything thank is you awesome. For having me. You're yes, the best. Yeah. I can't wait to All see right. you in non-COVID times. <laughs> me too. All right. Love, love, love. Yay, Tracy. Yay. Yay. Bye, Tracy. Yay. Well, thank Bye. you for calling. All the way from Oakland. We got another caller. We got another caller here on the air. Oh. Hey. Hey, who is this? It's me, Jen. Jen Perez. Hey, Jen. Yay, Jen. We just hey. talked to Tracy. Yeah, I yeah, with you, Matt. Yeah. Uh, I you the, the artist's uh, Oh, you were listening. Aren't you excited? Yeah. I'm so excited for the artist retreat. We can have a whole <laughs> dance area. Well, that's the whole thing is that the way that I'm going to build these little studios is that downstairs there's a door and there's a little kitchen and there's like where you could yeah. sleep if you wanted. But really downstairs, I would think would be the area where like you hang out and there's like a little couch, yeah. but there's an upstairs that mm -hmm. has great light. I want them all to have, um, uh, what are they called? The, the sun comes in through like a moonroof, but it's not a moonroof. It's skylight. a skylight. But yeah. so for you, it could be a big space you could dance in, but other people yeah. could paint in it 
or they could <laughs> do whatever they want to do in it. I don't know what the fuck artists do, whatever. But so the downstairs is like your living area and the upstairs yeah. is like where you work. And then outside of your little house is a little like um, patio where you can hang out. Yeah. And then outside of that, cause there's eight of those. And then in the center of that, it's a pool. And so people can hang out by the pool. <laughs> and then behind that is the barbecue pavilion where there's like a little outdoor like kitchen and like barbecue stuff. And people can sit there and there's a big community table. And then up in the actual big house is my house. And there's a real kitchen and there's like where real people live, like, you know, who aren't artists yeah. or whatever. And, when you become part of like my little commune, you get two <laughs> meals a day that are provided for you. One meal a yeah. day, you got to figure out your own self. Like if you want to get your own smoothies or whatever bullshit you need, but yeah. two meals are provided. There's a lunch and a dinner as a group. And mm. we've got like, there's a stage and people and there's lights and people can perform for each other or not. But at the end of your month, you have to show your project, whatever that is, right. What whether it be like, seven new paintings or one new painting right. that's amazing or maybe it's a 50 minute show or maybe it's a script mm -hmm. that you everybody act whatever you just have to show the group after a month that you've done something artistic and I go cool yeah. <laughs> and then everybody goes yay and then everybody's gone and then a new group of eight comes in okay so right do you right. That, um, it in? reminds me of a festival that uh a dance festival in the east coast and um Basically, like upstate New York, it's called Jacob's Pillow. Mm. It's a very similar idea, except that this is more catered towards maybe high school students, you know, around 16 to people are, who are about to go to college. So they have tons of classes. And I think it's a weekend. I don't think it's a month. But then right, uh, right. you've got to pay for it and you stay there and all your meals are included and everything, but there's tons of classes that you take and then you can perform, chances to perform in this stage. Uh, it's a really beautiful festival. I remember auditioning for it when I was probably 16. I just didn't, I just didn't get in. I wasn't, um, you have to be super technical, super good. Sure. So the, and the competition in New York is so insane. Oh, I know. If you sickle a foot, you're out. You're out, so you had to be amazing. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool. Um, you can volunteer. That was another option to get in if you volunteered, and then you can take some classes while you volunteered to help. Like, you know, probably they had a huge stage and it was all outdoors in the middle of the woods. Very similar to what you're kind of thinking of. Yeah. You can check it out. I don't know if it still exists. It's called Jacob's Pillow. Oh man, Jacob's Pillow. I. Yeah. Uh, I've been so it's it's been really exciting that my uh, enormous bag was stolen because I could never dance in the street with my enormous bag because it's just too <laughs> heavy and weird and it just was unwieldy. But now with my silly, stupid backpack, like I've been dancing in the streets, I've been singing and moving around and I don't usually move. I dropped it like it was hot today. Oh, my dear Lord hey. on the street. <laughs> I can still do that. Out. With, nobody's outside. Nobody's outside. It doesn't matter. I can dance <laughs> like nobody's watching because no one technically, there is no one outside. Nobody's watching. There is no one outside. Nobody's watching. It's fine. It's great. Yeah. So you would do, that's the thing. How do I get my million dollars to do my fucking artist compound thing? That's I the problem. That's a lot of freaking grants and writing and yeah. this and kissing ass and Oh, will you give me money for my organization? It's for the art. Like that's how it. That's basically what, what I need. You would have to do. What I need to do. And then old a portion of it has to come from people who want to attend and learn. So you right. have to give some sort of classes. 
Yeah, I mean, I've got access to people who want it. The other half of whatever it is, you know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. Have people pay for room and board. Oh, I don't Um, mind. I want it all to be free. But that's the other thing is so I I call up Norm McDonald and I'm like, hey, motherfucker, you want to stay for a week? You want to teach these kids something? He's like, yeah, I want to stay at the fucking compound around exactly. the young, hot girls. Yeah. He's like, Jen Perez is going to be there? Fuck yeah, yeah. I'm going to be there this week. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, that, that's how I get the, I get Doug Stanhope in. I'm like, I know, I know you got a lady, but have yeah. you met yeah. Jen Perez? <laughs> so you're not going to let. People have no idea who I am. Uh, you're hot, doesn't matter. <laughs> so you're you're not gonna let talent scouts in to watch. Sure, for the show at the end of the month. Yeah, everyone's yeah. invited to the show yeah. at the end of the month. Lauren Michaels. Uh, yeah, the only way is I, honestly, you have to fuck a rich man, Pam. You gotta find. Thank you, thank you. Oh. How about a rich lady? What if I'm? Yeah, what if I lady. am gender fluid? Yeah. Can I find well, an yeah, old a woman? A rich lady or a rich man who yes. has a, a ton of fucking money. Yes. And just do it. I mean, I don't know. Um, and then I feel like Andy Warhol did all those kinds of crazy shows and pop-ups. And yeah. People were in his house. Yeah, he had like 50 people living with him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's kind of how you have to, I guess you would be able to do something like that. Hell yeah. Well, we're, yeah. you know, thought is real. And then it eventually turns into action. Thought, yeah. maybe, sometimes. I'm, yeah, if you find enough like-minded people, I mean, I mean, look at how they started Burning Man. I mean, those uh, are just, yeah. Just, Have you yeah. ever been to Burning Man? No, I haven't. Aww. I just I watched a documentary about it. I really wanted to try that at least once. Mm. Uh, Got canceled this year. My concern is getting so much sand in my hair. It's a problem. Like, I'd have to. Do you gotta like, let go of that. Yeah, the, there's, there's. I've been three times, and you any. You can't take anything to Burning Man that you're worried about it getting lost or fucked up. Um, Anything you bring is going to get fucked up, including yourself, including your hair, including any CD player or car or tent or jacket or shoes, everything. Everything is going to get dirty and fucked up, and there's no way to get around that. You're in the desert pretending yeah. that that's normal <laughs> and and yeah, you... that's the thing man I, I i don't i'm not a really outdoorsy person I, I grew up for so many years in the cities and like different cities so i it's hard for me like i did one weekend like i i went to i, I did electric picnic in ireland i don't even know what that I, means but it sounds like a great time electric pickling picnic in ireland <laughs> it's a music festival i snuck in and we had to stay and intense and stuff like that um and then i did uh northern lights here at one weekend and that was enough for me like i can't i i need to shower and sure. i need a place to sit um yeah so i don't <laughs> i don't know if burning man is my thing but i, I definitely maybe for a weekend I yeah in, in burning man 2002 i went for four and a half days and i didn't poop while i was there because i took a drug called metaclopamide because I was hanging out with a bunch of veterinarians because those were my people back in the day. Uh-huh. And um, so metoclopamide is a thing that makes you not poop. So I took this drug called metoclopamide. So I stopped up for those four and a half days. And that was fine because I didn't I didn't have to use the porta potties, which was amazing for me. I mean, yeah. I just would I peed in plastic bags and then dumped them into the porta potty, but I wasn't willing yeah. to spend time in them in two thousand two. 
All right. Yeah, I have yeah. problems. But so when after the four days, we just got across the border to get back into California, and there was a Jack in a Box. And dear Lord, I unloaded in that Jack in a Box for like 45 minutes. It was, I was like, I didn't know that there, I didn't know my body was that big. It was one of those moments, it was like, wow. There's that much space inside my body? That's oh, insane oh, to me. That's, that's insane crazy. to me. Well, that's four days. It was four days. Yeah, it was four days. That's a lot. It was collected. And I, I mean, I didn't eat a lot while I was in the desert. I was taking a lot of drugs. But, yeah. like, whoa. So then the next year I went to Burning Man in 2003, I went for 10 days because I was on this special camp that opened. Anyways, and yeah. I had to use the porta potties. But... I only used them when I was on ecstasy or Molly or whatever you kids call it these days. Yeah. And so you feel so bad. I came out of the porta potty and I was like, thank God I'm on drugs. That would have been impossible. It was like yeah. I remember the poop. It was like it was like a it was like a mountain that almost came up to the top of the and I was in there and I would looked at, I tried not to look at the mountain and I looked down and I was like I'm on drugs. I'm on serious drugs. I need to get out of here. I need to do my business and get out of here. And yeah. I did my business and I got oh, thank God I'm on drugs. And um so I only went to the porta potties when I was on hard drugs. In 2003. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I would have to do the same because I, I just I didn't like it. And then I, I had a bad experience in one of those festivals. Like I bought food from one of the trucks mm. and there was a dead bug in the food. Because it's outside, you know, it's like they, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. But yeah. I, I was so grossed out. Yeah. I don't know. And you had to pay for it. That's the crazy <laughs> thing about it's those beautiful. terrible festivals. Like they make you pay for water and everything else. And it's like, what? Whereas Burning Man, it's like, all right, you pay for your ticket and you have to bring your own water and you got to fucking deal with your shit. But yeah, it's better than, yeah. I can't imagine going to like Coachella where I have to stay. So I get in there and it's like every water is $7. What? Yeah. Like I got to yeah. bring $49 for water while I'm doing drugs, listening to music that I paid $300 for. Mm. Are you fucking kidding me? Like America, you suck. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Well, Burning Man is super fun, and if you can go ever in your life, you should. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I like the, uh, the 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 one thing that I really uh, would look forward to from the documentary I saw is uh, where the I guess it's called the temple where people put oh, uh-huh. pictures of loved ones that yeah. have passed. That I, I would want to really see and put a picture up there and all that stuff. Yeah, it's magical shit up there in the center of the up in the center by the man. And they yeah. build it all out of weird, cool recycled things and Burning Man's amazing. They I mean, anything that you can imagine that exists is there. There is a pool, like they there's a there was a roller coaster one year when I was there. There was a putt putt course. Roller yeah. disco was always there. We were next to roller disco one year and they just like fucking play disco and you roller skate. Super fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We were next to them and we got to hear disco and fall asleep to disco. Uh I mean, Burning Man is amazing and if if I'll never go again unless I get a, a super free ride because I've been three times and if I'm going to spend $1,500 I'm going back to Greece or I'm going to go yeah. to Amsterdam or Australia or at yeah, this point Canada continue it you know it'll, it'll still be a thing 
I hope so. I well, hope that uh, weird San Francisco art doesn't die because gentrification is rampant. I mean, it'll just move somewhere else, right? I guess. Uh, I don't know, man. I think this crisis is gonna. It's like a clean slate for everyone. I'm pretty optimistic that there'll be more artistic things coming out of it. I hope so. I mean, yeah. I've been I've been writing a bitch ton of shit during these COVID <laughs> times, so I've That's got right. a ton That's, of new work. I, it was very difficult for me at first when we were first in the quarantine. I was all up on it and doing mics and was able to write, and then I hit a I hit a wall and I, I just it was hard for me to write some things. I have written a couple of things. I'm trying to prepare for tomorrow. Um, I was asked to do a show. Uh, and I'm just like trying to figure out what kind of jokes I'll tell. I mean, it's supposed to be where they heckle you. Yeah. And I can, uh, it's a virtual show, right? And then I can do like um, a slideshow to add to the jokes and stuff like that. Oh, and that gets, people, wow. Yeah, people will, will Mixed be media. Hmm? Mixed media. Yeah, I can do that. And then, so the girl that runs it, her name is Cynthia, um, and she she asked us all to do a fun fact. And I wrote the fun fact, and she put it on the flyer. So, like, my fun fact is that I was an NFL cheerleader. So, Which obviously, so now cool. everyone wants to hear about that. It's and just I'm so cool. To, yeah, I'm trying to come up with some jokes about that. Um, well, you know. should uh, – if, if I can give you any direction uh, – uh, this is going to be a Zoom show of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, something about I could show you. I was a, I was an NFL cheerleader. I could show you my ass, but you won't see it anyway. Although that's how they were going to see it on the TV, I guess. Like that is <laughs> something yeah. about. That's but a, it's cool like I have I have my picture from there, and the only the angle that I was going on is just more self deprecation because um, while I was on there on the team, I had a hard time, so I have. Because you weren't hot enough? That's hilarious. Like, no, you could talk I, about that. No, right? I wasn't hot enough. Well, I was the only person. You are, obviously. On the team. Uh, I wasn't the only person that with curly hair. I was one of two people of color on uh. the team. Everyone else was white, mm. including the coach. Mm. And uh, the coach just really picked on me. And I have my old binder. I kept it, and so in the binder, there's all these notes and stuff. So she would, she would watch us on the side of the field for all the choreography and stuff we had to do, and she would stand there with a tape recorder, recording everyone's mistakes. Mm. And then at the end, she'd type them all up, and then when we had rehearsal, she would give you all your notes. Damn. And all my notes were the same. <laughs> and so my note is basically, I'll read you my note. It says, um. Zanti, uh, lots of mistakes and dances. One beat behind on the steps often. Wow. All, yeah, all of the notes are, you're struggling. You're struggling. Oof. You're one beat off. All of them. She wrote the same thing. The only time she wrote something positive to me was the one time, because I'm the only person who could speak Spanish on the team, yeah. I did a Spanish interview. And she just could not speak Spanish. She didn't know what I was saying. And so, you got it. That's why they needed you. They needed you for the Spanish interviews. That's great. Right. right. So I did the Spanish interview. She said, good job today with that interview. And then that same day, I wasn't allowed to dance on the field because I was struggling. Oh. So all I was allowed to do was the interview. And I had to sit behind in, the, in like the locker room. I couldn't participate. They're like, look hot, look hot and talk. 
don't dance. Yeah. I, you know what, when these COVID times are over or if we could do a zoom together, God, I'd love it. If you teach me, if you still, if you know, if you know, oh. 16, eight counts, I don't know how many eight counts, you know, of those old dances, but boy, I love to learn one of the one jets and cheerleaders. I can ask my, my girlfriend, um, who has a way better memory than I do. Like my memory is shitty. Like I, mm. I never claimed to be a good dancer. I mean, you guys think that I am cause you have no idea, but I, I'm really <laughs> fucking bad. I see all the time, all those videos. That's me watching someone else do it. I'm not making all those videos up. <laughs> well, if you can remember the choreography to a Jets cheerleader thing, I really would I'll like try. to learn I'll it. I'll, uh, I'll see if I have, I might have some videos because uh, I did an alumni game one year and it was like 200 of us on the field or something. I can watch and it was, and figure it out. I was a dance captain. Yeah. I can easily get that done. Like I yeah. would love, I still remember I, I was um, Larry, the dance captain in a chorus line in oh, like, wow. yeah, right. But in like 1997 and I still remember, I still remember the top number from that. I still I remember it. I'm the word I cannot remember. I know. I so video, no matter, no matter, even if it was something I did 20, 20 times, 30 times, I always forget. I have the, the worst memory. I have. Yeah, I can. I can still remember. And I'm not even a tap dancer. I'm, oh, wow. I was a ballerina and a jazz dancer. I'd never tapped, and I only wow. tapped for this one particular show. Mm. And I still wow. remember the tap dance. I loved dancing. I wanted to. I, as a, <laughs> and it's so sad because as a 45-year-old woman, obviously my dancing days are over. But I still. I don't know about that. Oh, I still drink. I mean, I still dance with my cats in my house. You We're joined so by Rachel Pinson. She just walked in. Hey, Rachel. Hello. Hey. Yay. Rachel's a pot farmer. She is essential. <laughs> she still Yay. has a job because she's important. Growing the weed. Yeah, it's like falls under pharmacy work. Getting <laughs> us up to speed. We've got uh, Jen Perez on the phone. You can't hear her because you don't oh, have because hey, you don't have uh, you don't have headphones on. You could put them on. That's why you were talking about dancing. Yeah. Yeah. We also talking about Burning Man. I know that you are a rainbow gatherer, but have you ever Burning Man? Oh yeah. I, Rachel Pinson, you've Burning Man. Yeah. For the last three years, I was a lamplighter. What? Wow. Yeah, I worked. I like. She's DPW, bitch. Yeah. Well, technically no, but lamplighters aren't DPW. No, but we were like we camp next to each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's DPW? That chair's kind of. That yeah, that chair will kill you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. No, actually, that's the good one. This is the bad one. Okay. That's actually good. Just move my chair on the. I move my bag. My my bag is not a princess. What's DPW? Uh, Department of Public Works. But that's at Burning Man. Uh, so basically, when you buy your ticket for Burning Man, you pay for a couple things. You pay for the streets to be wetted down because they need to be wetted down. Yeah. You're paying for center camp to exist. You're paying for the man to be built. You're paying Whoa. for your porta potties to be sucked out. You're paying for DPW. And I think the lamplighters do it for free. Well, everyone sort of does it for free, but your ticket goes into the infrastructure of what makes Burning Man happen. Because it's a fucking city. It's not like, right. I mean, when uh, in 2002, I think there were like 25,000. In 2003, there were like just under 30,000. In 2007, there were like 45,000. 
And last year there Visitors. was like 80,000 people. Working, so, visiting? No, everybody. That's the thing. Is it's for a week. So for a week last year, there were 80,000 people that created mm. a city that doesn't exist. It becomes the third biggest city in Nevada for one week. So it goes, Reno, it goes Las Vegas, Reno, Burning Man. For a Black week. Rock City. Black Rock City. Yeah. And um, other than that, it's like, I don't know, some other fucking city and who fucking cares. It's, probably it's canceled not even this year, though. It's probably just space, right? Already canceled. Wait, what, what happened there, Jen? I feel like it's probably not even a city. It's just a space. Well, I mean, it's, it's it a is camp. a city state. It's, a, it's an enormous camp that happens in the desert and people are crazy. Uh. But... That's cool that they, like, set up lamps to be streetlights mm-hmm. and, like, keep people, like, organized at night. Yeah, that's what I do. That's so cool. That's what that's what my camp does. And uh, we get part of the group sales before the main sales, so, like, because we're essential work camp, so everyone can get there. <laughs> essential. <laughs> I'm essential even when You're essential even when you're not. <laughs> you're always essential. Well, a lot of people don't know what work is like or how to work. So, And Burning Man takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of people that go there and don't understand that. And it's like, you got to pull for the team at Burning We The only fights I've ever been in at Burning Man are like when we're breaking down camp. And I'm like, you're not pulling your weight. <laughs> what are you? Why are you sleeping? Yeah, God I was part damn of, it. I was part of teardown every year I went, so I stay extra. In the, and it sucks because you pull all the shade down. So you're just moving stuff. In the, in the heat. sun, yeah. in the heat. Yeah, yeah. Picking up every wow. little hair and piece of glitter. I was really, I was really surprised at how organized you, you guys are. Yeah, I it's... I feel like my friends in the East Coast wouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. Everybody be doing their own thing. I don't know. Well, people come Lord. from... That's the crazy thing is there's a bunch of people from New York that go to Burning Man. There's people from Ireland. There, the yeah. In 2003, there was a group from Ireland. There were 50 guys, and they set up an Irish pub in like on the playa and you'd walk in and it was all dark and like paneled and they had Guinness. So each of them, when they flew over, flew on the plane with a keg of Guinness. They all (laughs) paid as they flew over. So there were 50 kegs of Guinness for like a week. They ran out before the week was over, of course, because everyone just gives everything away. But I have no idea how they kept those fucking coolers that the, cold they had all of these kids they had 50 kegs of fucking guinness somebody with with ice well there's ice there but you have that's the only thing you can buy at burning man is ice and coffee uh there was a camp called homebrew for homebrew where they took they take a an rv and they converted it into a cooler so all their kegs sit in this rv and the taps are on the outside of the rv and it's the coldest beverage you can get out there and it's free and they have all these like and they're and, it, and they're homebrews too so Brilliant. you won't you won't get cores or bud ah, or any of that yeah, it's yeah. all like this is the our small batch brew that we made at home and it's so great it's and like they, some weird red ale they were camped uh-uh. right next to <laughs> lamp lighters this year and every day after work because i cooked for that kitchen <laughs> I would like go there. It was like my local bar, like sitting Hell out homebrew yeah. for homebrew. Uh, also, there was those two uh, Irish guys that had a mobile bar and they did hot whiskeys like in the middle of the playa. God like, bless them. Yeah, wow. just hot toddies. Around, like pushing this cart of all these whiskeys on it. Brilliant. Is that what it 
it gets cold at night. Yeah, it right? gets cold. Well, it's yeah. that's it the thing about Burning Man. It changes. Like, it can be super hot. It can be super cold. It can start raining. There can be bugs. There can be windstorms. There can be dead people. Whoa, there can whoa. be yeah, people die every year. Every year, someone dies. A couple first people die. It was the year that the a guy ran into the man. The Burning Man. <gasps> oh, my God. He ran into the man to kill himself. Yeah. That was like Whoa. in 2010 or something. What year was that? Oh, that Seven. was that was three years ago. So. Oh, it was so it was not long ago. It was okay. Recent, well, I but remember hearing about that. That's, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Oh. No, that's yeah. mentally deranged. Well, yeah. I mean, two- it sounds like he, he, that's, what his, that's what his plan was. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you have to go through, like, they, they have these uh, guardians that stand so that you stay safe, like, for so many feet. So he had to run past all of them, you know? Like, it definitely was planned. Oh, yeah. wow. Very tragic yeah, for the people that. that had to clean up the mess. Very tragic for people who had to. Wow. And was he a Buddhist monk or was he just a dude? I don't uh, know. I never met him. Okay. In protest. <laughs> in protest. He's like, Burning Man, I'm going to be the Burning Man. I don't this mean to. What if Burning Man is the only place that you can acquire the drugs that let you, like, well, have the willpower and, like, the strength to accomplish that goal? It's, it's actually, you're not... Drugs at Burning Man are not as easy to – it isn't like you walk around going, I'm looking for this. You just sort of have to put an intention in your mind. Like there was one day where I was working in the kitchen. I always work in kitchens. And I was like, God, you know, tonight, hey, Megan, wouldn't it be fun if we got to do some ecstasy? So we sat together and we held hands and we thought about it for like 30 seconds. And then I'm not even kidding you, like 15 seconds after that, a guy walked up to us and said, did you guys want to do some Molly tonight? And like gave us Molly. It just, it happened like, I'd be in the kitchen and I'd be like, man, I need to smoke a joint. And I'd turn around and someone would be like, did you want to smoke this joint? Like that's what happens at Burning Man. As long as you think about it, it's totally real and then it happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. It's, it's a fun a place. Wow. It's a good place. It's a good place. But – I mean, oh, as comedians too. So uh, David Cooper, every year he does a comedy show, and I'm trying to get people together because uh, at Center Camp where they sell coffee and stuff, there's different stages, and all day they have uh, it's like an open mic. People come in and they sign up, so you know, like know your time slot. And I split my time slot with a musician friend of mine because you have to fill a whole hour. So he did some songs, and I did some jokes, and he did some songs. I and I had a killer set, like. <laughs> It was really fun, like, and and, uh, so I'm trying to get people like that I know that are comedians to like come together because it's a whole hour. So if I can get six people, we can all do ten minutes. So I just want to go in there and just write comedy show, and I'm like telling all the comedians I know that come, like, hey, meet here at this time, like, see when it is, and we can just like rock center stage because. Is there? I think it'll work if it's in a tiny tent. It has to be in like a, a small tent, right? Because if it's like too big then no one will really pay attention, right? Well, n- no one pays attention to everything or everyone pays attention. I mean, everything yeah. exists or there. It, there's tons of everything there. I haven't been there for comedy necessarily because back in my day, 2002, 2003, 2007, it was, it, the, I wasn't a comic. It was karaoke. And I sang tons of karaoke at Burning Man. Oh, like, wow. lots of karaoke and books. you just walk around and be like, oh, and you just walk into a place and there'd be people there. It, you, it isn't like at Burning Man that you promote, just you start yeah. doing something and then people are there. Yeah. Mm. Like, wow, one day we pretended that we were a film crew and we had um, 
like a a bunch of strange props that had nothing to do with microphones or anything. We had a big ball that was fluffy and we were using it as make there was a makeup person we'd be like makeup and they'd pound someone in the face with this ball but there were we convinced all these people as they were walking by that they were all on a video thing and someone would stand with like it was just props and nothing and people were like getting into it we'd be interviewing them and we'd have like someone would be standing with something making it look like a boom mic and someone would be standing what looked like a reflector but none of it was what it was and we were all just like filming nothing it was really we did it for like three hours we just kept okay oh makeup makeup come here and then they'd pound someone in the face with this ball and then we'd ask them questions it's burning man wow yeah you that could do anything. Amazing. I love stuff like that. It's all weird. I love it. Super weird. There was a lady yeah. who tried to convince me that she was like, next year we should have an enormous jar of mayonnaise Hell yeah. and just leave it in the sun and see what happens. <laughs> and I'm oh. like, okay, that's weird. She's like, no, you don't understand what I mean. I mean, we need to take like 7,000 jars of mayonnaise and put it into one big jar <laughs> and then have it in front of all of us. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a project that I'm really going to get on board with, yeah. but I appreciate the impetus. Like, I wonder, I mean, I feel like all of this is obviously it's going to get affected, but I wonder if now, because of all this, like maybe the people, because they say all these rich people have messed up Burning Man, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I wonder if now they're, they're, those people aren't going to want to participate, so maybe it go back to what it originally was. Good. Great. What Fantastic. Yeah. Rachel just said plug-and-play camps, and it's all the kids that come in there. They're like, I rented an RV, and I want to go to Burning Man. And they pay people to set up their camp, and they pay people yeah. to tear it down. Gross. And they have all Gross. these, like, European Gross. supermodels, and they get catering. I stumbled Yum. into one once on accident. I was very um, confused. I was like, I don't think this is where I'm supposed to be. There was, like, European models with, like, Indian feather headdresses. Gross. And gross. I, <laughs> my friend's trying to explain to them why that that's not okay, but they're like, I don't know. I'm European, you know? Uh, like, uh, all right. Well, Pam was going to babysit for people I there. was. Did you guys hear about this? So in uh, last year, Burning Man, I was, uh, I was courted in June by a rich family from – it was a f- – I've, I'm, a, I'm the best nanny in San Francisco, you know, whatever. And uh, they said, oh, we have a seven-year-old son and we want to take him to Burning Man this year. What do we do? So they contacted friends of friends and people said, oh, Pam is the nanny for you. So they contact me. Hey, Pam, you're the, you're the nanny. Can you come to Burning Man with us this year? And I'm like, you know, I, I didn't plan on it. And they're like, we've, we've got a yurt. We've got an air-conditioned yurt with two two bedrooms and we've got a kitchen and everything for you is free. We're going to pay for your ticket. We're going to pay for you to stay here. And they're like, but we're on takedown and teardown camps. So it's going to be 21 days. And I'm like, all right, 21 days at Burning Man. That's three weeks. You come up with a number. I'll come up with a number. We'll meet back in the middle. Let's see what's up. And I was like, you know, I'm the perfect nanny for this. I've been to Burning Man three times. I know what to expect. I'm a great nanny. I love seven-year-olds. I'm fine. This would all be perfect. They came back, and they offered me for three weeks of my life. Tell us. Tell us. $1,000. No. No. And I wrote her back, and I said, hey, you know what? I think we're on different pages here. Like, you're asking me to leave my radio station, my life, my whole everything – for three weeks 
and for a thousand bucks and they're like but we're gonna pay for your ticket and you staying with us and all this other stuff i'm like no that's a given obviously you're taking me out of my place you're bringing me to keep your son your most precious possession alive in the desert where people can die you want me to keep your son alive for three weeks and you're gonna give me a thousand dollars you give me three thousand i would have done it for i would have the lowest i would have done it for is twenty five hundred how many hours yeah, were they expecting you to, to do a day? Well, like 12, I, 10? Who knows? Because once you're at Burning Man, all work is work and everyone's just living. And I don't know. Yeah. It's like it's a, it'd be a 24-hour-a-day job because, like, I love kids and I want to keep their kid alive. And I'm going to do everything I could to, you know, keep their kid yeah. alive, alive in the desert. So, But when do you get relieved? When do they come back? And, and oh, take- no, they were there. That's the whole thing is that they that were – point they want her to take care of her son while they go party so exactly well, then they shouldn't even take the, him to burning man and i think and they left him at home with the with people, the people on another level they don't think like there is a people. kid like a, people to do stuff for them what is it That's called kidsville it is. Or there kids? is kidsville exactly there's a kids camp so they're like designed for people that have kids and stuff but you, if you bring, if you, you can't just drop your kids off at kids camp and yeah. not come back. You have to do your time. That's the thing about Burning Man is that everyone has to do their part. You have to. You have to do your dishes. You have to deal with your gray water. You got to deal with your own pee and your own poop. No one's taking yeah. care of you. There's no, there's no infrastructure to make things easier or better. You can't just drop your kid off at kid camp. You've got to do, you've got to yeah, do 12, 15, 17, 24 hours at kids camp. Yeah, those, those people who are rich, they don't, they don't understand that. Exactly, sure that and these are rich understand. people. And when rich people only want to pay me a thousand dollars for three weeks of my time, they can yeah. fucking fuck themselves. Especially yeah. when, they, oh, I'm sorry, we can't get back to you about that number that you want for money because we're in Europe right now with our whole family. Yeah. You're in Europe in June, and you're going to Burning Man for three weeks in August. You rich fucking fucks and then you offer me a thousand dollars fuck you like yeah, because they think they also think that everyone else who doesn't make money is stupid or that i'm just so <laughs> excited to go to burning man that anything you give me is so amazing i'm a 45 year old woman motherfucker i ain't going yeah. to the desert for three weeks for no time off work come on now yeah. for less than two thousand I, I know for a thousand they, they were looking for like a teenager exactly but can oh, yeah. Can a 19 to 24-year-old chick take care and make sure that your 7-year-old lives in the desert? A librarian, yes. But if they've never been to Burning Man before. a librarian, man. She'll get sweet. Some some hot dude will be like, hey, you want to party? She'll leave. (laughs) Exactly. That's the other thing. Hang on. Hang on. There's no one that gives you a tutorial as soon as you get there. Okay, any beginners in the group? Okay, come on in. Any beginners in the group? Okay, no, you have one. No, they like do it. make you do like a ritual if it's your first, if it's your first burn. Like they'll ask everyone in the car, and if it's your first one, they'll make you do something like uh, lay and make a dust angel, oh, and ring a yeah. bell, nice. yes. things. Oh, beautiful. Well, and they say welcome home. Yeah. Welcome oh. home when you get to Burning Man. <laughs> it's great. Like I'm not. The reason that I moved to San Francisco was because of Burning Man 2007. It literally was the reason I moved here. But I don't think that I'll ever go again. Hmm. Unless, like last year, if if they would have paid me three grand, I would have totally gone. Mm-hmm. So 2400 2400 I would have done it, honestly. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. 
for three weeks. I mean, I love Burning Man. I fucking love it. It's art. It's the desert. It's radical self-reliance. It's crazy times. It's never, never go to a psychic on acid. How did I learn this? Burning Man 2007. <laughs> I, took, I took acid with my friend Megan. We're walking around. It's the middle of the day. I forgot I'd taken acid, of course. We walk into this tent that's doing like psychic readings and they read Megan and, and nothing happens. She's like, this isn't real. And then the woman starts reading me and I'm crying and crying and they've got it. She's got it all spot on. And my buddy Megan looks at me and she goes, did you forget you're on acid? And I was like, let's get the fuck out of here. What are we doing here? Get out. Go run. So we ran out of the, we ran the fuck out of there. I didn't, because I'd forgotten. I've honestly forgotten that I was on acid. That's perfect. I remember one year, like this is something that I feel like could only happen at Burning Man. I was just riding my bike in the middle of the desert. I see this colorful dome and I'm like, I'm headed towards that. And I go in and I hear this sound. It's like, and I see a guy dresses the Pope. Oh boy! And I walk up to the guy, uh, walk up to the Pope, and I'm like, "What is this?" And he's like, "Oh, this transmitter is bringing us the sound of space. This is the sound that the universe makes." And I work for NASA, and I've worked for NASA for 40 years. I help put robots on Mars. And then at, at, at a certain part of the day, though, if you're in this dome, whenever the satellite that orbits orbits the Earth. Meets, meets like uh, where that dome is you could actually talk to the astronauts in the satellite that that was real it was in the book and everything yeah that's and Burning Man <laughs> I was just like thanks Pope I'm like why are you dressed as the Pope and he was like oh I just thought you know it was fun <laughs> I was like okay Cause I thanks get... space Pope <laughs> I never heard the sound the universe made before oh. it was magic uh, the Pope oh. is the conduit from uh, from God to he- earth right so <laughs> this guy's bringing space noise yeah that makes that makes absolute yeah. sense he's the conduit it's like i like it less now that it makes sense i don't uh, <laughs> i'm just what, one of the only regrets i have in in my life is uh in 2007 when i was at burning man i i had recently left my husband and i was i was with a i was with a boyfriend at the time and i went to burning man so i was being like you know i wasn't doing anything so i was like i'm being you know, monogamous or whatever. So this one guy's like, let's go to this. He's, he was stretching me because I'm very flexible. And anyways, so (laughs) he's stretching me and he's like, let's go to this nitrous tent. And I'm like, hello, speaking my language. We just run out of nitrous. We brought like a hundred little nitrous (laughs) canisters. Welcome to my nitrous world. And we were out and he's like, there's this, they've got this tent and it has medical grade nitrous with tubes. There are dentists. Let's go. And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. So we go into this tent and it's all fluffy and there's fluffy things and it's really nice and it's filled with all these really nice people and there's tubes everywhere and we're all just doing nitrous and everyone's sort of like rubbing and making out and everything and I didn't do anything. I just sat there and watched and did nitrous because I was being all good about my stupid and I got back from that. I got back from Burning Man in 2007 and he broke up with me like two days later and I was like, you motherfucker, you could have done this before. You knew I was going to Burning Man. You ruined my party. 
Why would you do that? Like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you ruin my Burning Man? If you knew you were going to break up with me, why would you just do it before Burning Man? Why would you wait until after, until two days after? Like, motherfucker, I was there for 10 days. I could have been in the nitrous tent, and I could have done all could've kinds of things. the orgy dome. Exactly. I went to the orgy dome, and I didn't participate because I was like, I have all these tethers to this blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> motherfucker. Wow. His name was David. David. Oh, no, no, no. I can't remember his last name. Great. David Tuffy. David Tuffy, you yeah. motherfucker. You bastard. You bastard. You could have broken up with me before I left. You waited till I came back. But, I could have had the best time. But he didn't want time. you to go through a bad trip while you were there. He didn't want me to get an STD, I think, probably. So that was wise, I Whoa. guess. Yeah. Uh, two years ago I went with my like recent ex-boyfriend but we already had tickets and we were still camping together and I was like how are you making this miserable I'm trying to have a good time like, this was a terrible idea you can if you're gonna go to Burning Man you either have to be in a super 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 committed relationship where you really really like you're gonna get married at Burning Man or you gotta be single as fuck because anything in the interim is like so one in 2003, these people next to us had this thing called the Dirty Nasty Sex Box. It was this enormous wooden box, and it opened with like a garage door opener. And at the end of the week, they burned it because they were like, whatever happens, the Dirty Nasty Sex Box stays in the Dirty Nasty Sex Box. <laughs> but I was with my husband at the time, and we lived next door. We were not invited into the Dirty Nasty Sex Box. Our friends that we were camping with, the McHughes, invited into the Dirty Nasty Sex Box. They did not take advantage of it. They said nay. But I was just really hurt because I wasn't invited. And they were like, oh. well, I didn't think that you guys were like the kind that would like be into the dirty, nasty sex box. And I'm like, God, wow. like, that's a burning man. That yeah, was, that was almost party. 20 years ago, Pam. Yeah, it was 2003. Yeah, You're right. It's almost 20 years ago. I am so Burning old. man sticks with you, though. <laughs> sticks. Yeah, I still. You guys remember everything. Well, they're pretty, I mean, they're, they're pretty visceral memories. Yeah, like if it comes you're going to flashes, like they're, if you think about, if you think about memories as like pearls on an old lady necklace, like each, like Burning Man has its own necklace where each pearl is individual and amazing and polished and perfect. And there's these knots in between the knots can be meaningful too, but it, mm. you, you, you string this amount of time together of like really visceral things are crazy out there. Like there's pieces of art that are three stories tall that you can climb in. It there was like, a, there was a bunch of cars, actual cars on a skewer. And oh. at the very top, there was an RV and there was a bar in the RV ah! and it got shut down like two or three times for being unsafe, but people still climbed all oh, over it. And it was did. huge. Yeah. Big car, rig jig. Kebab. It was a car kebab. Oh, Big big rig jig was one of them. It was three. It was three big rigs put together in a thing, and you could climb inside all of them up to the top, and it was like three or four stories tall. That was one year. Like you can look these up online too. You can look at art oh, yeah. from Burning yeah, Man. I've seen like, them. I, my my, I have two two good friends of mine. I um, they're the very first friends I I basically made here, and, and you know all my dance friends. She was I used to dance with her. And she met her boyfriend at the time in Burning Man. <gasps> they, they went several years. Now they're married. Wow. They own a house. And they but they met a, at Burning Man. They met at Burning Man. That makes and sense. That's the magic way to do it. Yeah. 
that that's that's the way to do it is to meet someone at Burning Man because yeah. you you meet them without any of the trappings of reality. Like right. you don't know that they're a boring computer programmer or that they're a <laughs> oh stupid they're, junior they're high teacher. Or, they're just like meant to each other. They're living a great life. They're doing good. Good. God bless it. <laughs> Amen to Burning Man. I was there. Um, I got to cater uh, someone's wedding at Burning Man uh, on the year 2007 when there was the big oil derrick and they got married at the top of it because the whole group built it and whatever. And they got married at the top of it and I cooked food all that day and it was like, I get to be part of the wedding and it was crazy. Now they're divorced. <laughs> they totally broke up. But um, it's, um, it, uh, his name is Dan Dossman and he's the one who made all the praying sculptures that these huge, really amazingly talented people go to Burning Man and it's hard for me to sort of conceptualize that people are willing to take their whole lives and create art for this particular week out of the year but they do you it know, they do that in Brazil that's what Carnival is oh you an oh. entire year for that there are people that Carnival. live for Carnival sure yeah sure it, yes absolutely do you do you have a Carnival outfit do you walk do you dance around in your uh, bikini no, with your butt I, hanging out um, I started doing samba a few years ago because I just got tired of all the go-go dancing. So it was sure. my transition into something else because I, I got tired of it and I was getting old. I was getting too old to be doing it. And I wanted to do something more structured and I didn't want to have to deal with uh, going out uh, dancing every weekend. Sure. And this was more like every maybe once or twice a month, you know? Yeah. So it made more sense to me at the time. I don't know enough. I've only been dancing samba for a solid maybe maybe two or three years at this point. But um, I'm still learning a lot. I I only did San Francisco Carnival last year. Okay. I haven't done it before, but what I why I did it was because I can learn the I can learn choreography. I'm just not you know, and I can freestyle pretty well. Um, and I just did it because I wanted to get paid because we just got paid. I, I joined a group. I was a, a you know, pretty solid, you know, good-looking person and could learn the choreography. I, I wasn't the best. And I, I just joined, joined the group and would get paid to do the thing. That's why, why I, I joined it. But I started learning more and more about it. And um, it's very, yeah, people prepare in the, the favelas, which is the ghettos in, in Brazil. They prepare all year for carnival. Damn. That's like Burning Man to them. There are people yeah. that in San Francisco live for Burning Man. Like, that's their whole yeah. life. That's people that's who are super som into samba. They do, like, I mean, I've, I've taken classes from actual Brazilians. Like, they bring them over, the dance school I go to. Um, and a lot of the, I mean, one of the, I've like, one or two of them I've noticed, the ones that, they're samba queens. They've been samba queens in Brazil. They come out here and they shoot. <laughs> they, all, they all know they're queens. No, everyone's a queen. Jen Perez is, know, yeah, I, Jen Perez I was, I was is talk, telling. I was talking to her on my way I'm in. I'm talking. God, God, uh, you, sorry. You Anyways, um, <laughs> what I'm doing is they dance. Not only do they dance, they know how to play the drums. They know how to do capoeira. So, like, you have to know how to do all those three things. And you have to be really good at them to be considered, like, a queen and, like, yeah. It's crazy. I, it's crazy. We should learn capoeira together. We can dance fight here. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Teach me how to dance fight, Jen Perez. <laughs> Make me dangerous on the streets. <laughs> I want to be part of Jen Perez's dance fight crew. Hell yeah. <laughs> we can, we I don't want to dance 
dance against her. <laughs> we have all this space here. We could easily do some Brazilian dance fighting. I don't have a problem with that. There's classes online. I can send you a link. I yeah, I'm gonna stare at my new little tablet and dance in front of it. I don't I don't think so. Let's all get a masterclass account and share it. Boo. Between the the twenty of us. What's masterclass? You don't know masterclass yet. You haven't obviously you don't watch like the internet because they're everywhere on the internet. Masterclass oh, yeah. is this thing like I'm a famous person and we're in COVID now, so I'm gonna teach you in my <laughs> own little thing COVID. like whatever. Yeah. It was before COVID because we were here. Uh, during the festival, Allison from Walnut Creek was like, I have a master class subscription and I took a master class from RuPaul and it was on being your best self. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> RuPaul. All right. Thanks, RuPaul. Teach me how to be my best self. But yeah, yeah I don't. I've been seeing them like Margaret Atwood has one and I like her as a writer quite Steve a bit. Steve fucking Martin. Steve Martin. If there was a Stephen King one, I would absolutely sign up right now. I think he does. Really? Okay. Well, then I buy. There's so many of them. But what's good is if one person buys it, then they can share it with another person for free. So if you get enough people to tip in, then you probably can get. You have to wear headphones to hear. To hear Jen. They're ruining everything. Okay, there he's figuring. Everyone's figuring everything out. So it's my birthday in a couple months. Oh my god! <laughs> in a couple there. months. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do I do? It's just, just. Hey, wait, wait, wait! Stop! Stop moving! It's back here, right here. Oh, there's. He's a Yes, bring it back not. in. Yes. Hello. Okay. Technical difficulties here. Wow. In uh, Jen, Jen Perez, can you hear me? <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. I can't hear you. Mm-hmm. No. Um, oh my God! I, I, Jen Perez hated my joke that I made to her on Facebook Messenger. I did. You hated it. Don't, don't lie. You guys were what? talking about. You guys were talking about Burning Man, and I was messaging Jen Perez while you guys. Yeah. I was listening in, yeah. messaging her. Oh, yeah. You were like Black Rock City, and I was like Black Hawk yeah. City. I'd take my family there. And Jen yeah. just gives me the thumbs up on That's Facebook. Right. That's what I do when I don't know how to react. <laughs> you <laughs> gave me like you. <laughs> you hated it. You despised it. I don't like it. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. <coughs> I'm listening. <laughs> I would like it if you defended yourself and you were like, I actually kind of liked it. No, but no, you hated it. <laughs> no, I didn't know how to react. I didn't know. How to react. <laughs> Well, Rachel, Rachel Pinson is in the studio, and that's awesome. Yeah, I haven't How, been here in a while. I know. How are things with you and Ernest? Good? I don't know. I'm kept out of the loop. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk about okay, it. Okay, all right. That's enough. That's Deep, enough of that. Deeply personal. <laughs> are you horny or something? You're I'm, I, I, that's my natural state of being is horny. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I'm just horny all It'll the time. It'll go away in a couple years. Really, my libido will go down. Yeah. Let me ask you a question from Tiger King. Do you okay. like do you like the, the bigger black cock? Do you like big cocks or small cocks? Do you like when the big cock goes into the girl? Or you like- I know <laughs> this. We were talking about this the other day because that makes me a little bit gay because I watch porn with big cocks, right? Ah, uh, big you cocks. Like, yeah. 
It's better when there's a bigger cock, right? Well, I, if that's the case, then if you're going to have to call me. Not if it's lesbian porn. If it's POV, hell yeah. Jen, if that's the case, then I am the biggest faggot walking the earth because I strictly watch OG Mudbone. Oh. Who has, who has a 16-inch cock. Jesus. I also identify as a black man, too. I think that's... I identify. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Wow. So I'm watching P.O. Yes, I'm that's watching. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about after this. I don't know. I, I'll tell you though, uh, people are not afraid to show their racism lately. Oh, With the COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's coming out, man. It's disgusting. Did I tell you guys that I, I was waiting on the? I was waiting to go in the bank, and this white this white guy couldn't even speak. And I guess the black guy was standing too close to him. And he was like, hey, I'm a nigger. And he called him a nigger. <laughs> Whoa. It was bad. He could have just said six feet, and that would have been good enough. <laughs> no, like he literally couldn't say anything else, but all you heard was nigger. He basically just called this guy. It was crazy. And then uh, my aunt my aunt called me this morning and then told me, in Jersey, like there's no traffic. There's no car. Like everyone's sitting in place in the East Coast. And apparently some, like, white white woman was yelling at another guy. And like, shut up, you cracker. He's like, shut up, you black bitch. Like, people are just, people are just being racist out there. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's fucked and up. Yeah. And the xenophobia as well toward Asian Americans. I'm being oh, yeah. nicer to people. I like, everyone also... smiles at me. Everyone is nice to me. You just say hello, and it's fine. We don't have to yeah. be, we don't have to call each other names. Yeah. Everything's cool. I think it. I think some people they're getting they're getting so bored that they're they're uh they're just starting fights just because they're bored. I okay. yeah. I also think racism is bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Racism it's, sucks. It's so like out of place right now. What the fuck? I've it made friends, place, but it, it's happening. I I hearing I'm hearing it more and more. It's so weird. Well, we all have to. <laughs> I'm making I'm just making friends um, I've made friends now with the guys on Leavenworth that have been selling weed in huge jars when you walk down Leavenworth there's these guys and they have huge jars of weed and I've seen them all week and I've waved at them and been like you guys are so cool but today I gave them a cookie and tomorrow I bet they'll give me a free bud because ah. it was a good fucking my cookies are really good today there's cookies and there's fudge and both of them are crazy strong I'm just telling the people in the room and sour cream Please. no me, it's let, a cookie in the bucket let me also tell the people in the room Pam you, you're looking good with your like Inuit style right now you're looking straight Inuit oh yeah alright you, you, Jen you can't see her but she's got like the pigtails coming out two of like the bikini the two braids yeah, yeah the braids yeah yeah I've seen it my, my hat says Rachel you just look do white. I look like white. someone who cares what God thinks. Here we are at Mutiny know. Radio, hanging out. We're obviously keeping six feet apart. Yeah, you guys. We're, yeah. I, I don't really go out unless I have to go to work. So <laughs> I only go outside like basically twice a week. I've seen you with your gloves on dealing with your mail. Yeah. You yeah, have a mail? Yeah. I have to deal with the mail. That's why I have to go to the office. You didn't tell me you had a mail in your life. You have a mail in your life all of a yeah, sudden? I, have a mail in my life? I, don't, I don't think that's anyone's business, but. Well, <laughs> I'm making it my business. 
I don't have anybody. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying mail, like as in postage, as in snail mail. I also don't have anybody. Oh. Okay though. Just been together. beaten off a lot. What about you guys? How you guys doing? I know yeah. you. You've been on Tinder. I don't go yeah. on. I actually don't have do any of the dating apps. Neighbors having sex? Cause I had this morning. I heard my neighbors having sex. Oh yeah. Yeah. Last night I had a dream that I that I gave that I had this drug or something that I gave my cats that made them my cats were fighting last night like all night and I had this dream that there was something else with the cats that they were bigger scarier than they were like lions no they were just like attacking everything it was awful last night they were awful and I had they infiltrated my dreams I just kept trying to grab them and snuggle them and they wouldn't Shut the fuck up! Last night they were awful. They were awful. I didn't know. I'm just talking about my pussy. That pussies. That's all. all. Pussy. Finally, we talked about cock long enough. I know. We've talked about cock long enough. I have two cats. My cat. Nothing is different from my cats. Their life is exactly the same. Well, you're home more. I am home more. They like it. They're very happy that I'm home. Happy about it. There was a stray by my house They're the other day that wouldn't leave me alone. It wanted to follow me home. Black cat. A cat followed you home? Take that cat. That's your cat yeah, now. It wanted, it wanted to go outside. I don't mind cats. I was just like, dude, I'm not. I'm, I'll, I'm not. All right, I'm gonna end this phone call. Fuck this. You don't like cats. <laughs> Wait, what did you just say? I'm you don't be, like cats. I, I thought we were friends, Jen Perez. Listen, man. I. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I like. I prefer dogs. I don't particularly like cats. I just don't like the, anything that licks their own asshole in front of you. Dogs lick their own asshole in front of you, too. No, man, but cats are like cats show it. Like 20 minutes showing you their ass. They're showy about it. Yeah, I don't like that. They are. I mean, all right. So what do you think? There's I mean, no I, I, don't, I don't hate them. I just, I just don't. I don't. Uh, I mean, fuck with my hair. I had bad experience. Like I would stay over at my friend's house, and they like constantly rip at my hair. That's the other reason I don't like cats. That's the beauty of cats. They rip at your life. They take every part of your soul and they make it their own. Don't you get it? That's the point of having a cat. That's That's what it's about. Is that your cats talking right now? Yeah, Pam has cat comedians that have gone farther in their careers than Pam. (laughs) (laughs) Living vicariously through them. But toxoplasmosis is a real thing. Never gonna have a baby, so it doesn't matter. But also, you're right. Because she has two cats. I'm never gonna have a baby, so it doesn't matter. Anyone that's obsessed with cats obviously has toxo. Does toxoplasmosis travel through cats? Yes. Yes. I know it travels through fur. frogs in Brazil, and it makes people drive their motorcycles into the back of pickup trucks. No. Yeah, toxoplasmosis is the thing. Brazil, people think Brazil, scientists, and I'm quoting Joe Rogan here on, <laughs> from his podcast <laughs> when he talked about toxoplasmosis. No, toxoplasmosis yeah. is this parasite that crawls into your brain. And it makes you more aggressive. And the, the, mm. uh, they did a study on motorcycle accidents, and they traced if these guys had toxoplasmosis in their systems. And a, a lot of strain. them, they in certain strains. A lot of these motorcycle guys who ran their Ninja 1000 KXRs into the back of a Toyota Tacoma so they were ended up in the bed. They had toxoplasmosis. They were compelled so to buy the same motorcycle. That you could probably do that with any any hobby. 
like you aggressive know. like paragliding yeah sure yeah, like they have totally <laughs> tested all these boxers <laughs> and yeah yeah for sure yeah. you know 80 yeah. percent of them had cats and also <laughs> like I don't also know. brazilians love their like mopeds and motorcycles and shit and the carnival yeah. they're also brazilians are also more aggressive like i maybe i'm generalizing times a thousand here but i dated one a little bit and i dated one of them and they're all <laughs> that's a little hyperbolic. Yeah. No, that's. I, I have a friend who married a Brazilian, and he. he she they are very aggressive people. The, the Brazilians that I've encountered, like dance class wise, and like have talked to, they they are very aggressive people. I agree with you there. Well, if you have a nice ass, you you know you just feel the ability to look down on other people. I guess. She's talking <laughs> to the men too. They know how to dance. That gives them a free pass. If you know how to dance, just on the spot. If it's if you feel it, they they rule the world. Carnival is so sexy, though. Yeah, we it's were just talking about it. It's the sexiest festival on the planet. Because no one's wearing any clothes, duh. Well, yeah, people don't wear clothes at Rainbow Gathering. That doesn't mean it's sexy. Can <laughs> <laughs> be. Hey, bud, you, that's not fair. No, it's always the old men that run around naked. It yeah, <laughs> it's the it's the old men. Sometimes you'll see a whole naked family, but it's usually. Um, what do you think about shirt cocking? People just wear uh, poo bear. No, shirt sh- yeah, shirt cocking. I like I like the term poo bear. <laughs> I like that too, poo yeah. bear. Yeah, that makes just as much sense as shirt cock. Jen, do you know about the shirt cock? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it, is it when they just wear a t-shirt and then just their cock beers. out? Yeah, yeah. whose yeah. beers? One time beers. I saw. They're that, that's exactly Jonathan's what it beer. is, Jen. One time I saw someone who was sarong cocking. They had a sarong, but instead of around their waist, they had it around their shoulders. Probably. Yeah, sarong cocking. I only saw it once. You saw a sarong cock. Yeah, because it wasn't around his waist. It was was around around his shoulders. Mm. Classy. There you go. Those aren't your beers? No. Yeah. Mm. I I said that. (laughs) You're like, yeah, sure, go for it. I love it. Hey, can I have a beer? Yeah, go for it. They're I don't fine. understand the people that can become alcoholics during this crisis. You're just picking up a new habit, you know, a new addiction. What can't well, you understand about that? really <laughs> easy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to just be drunk instead of, uh, you know. Yeah, but then it's like, oh, it's another day. I can't go outside. Drinking will make it feel better. And also, I have a hangover from the other day. And if I keep drinking, it'll feel better. I haven't done that in a long time. I haven't had a hangover that I... I used to do it all the time, but I haven't in a long time that I turn it around the next day. I remember those days. Those are fun. Uh, I used to call it... Um, it's when you... Um, oh, shit. Um, do meth. No, I don't do meth anymore. <laughs> I was offered the other day, but I chose not to do it. Well, how did he phrase it? Was it like, you want it some was, of the shards? He phrased, you want some of no, glass? His, phrase, his phrasing was... <laughs> we're all going to shoot up with methamphetamine right now. Do you want to oh do it with God, us? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no. And he's like, if I find all of your stuff, can I put my penis in your vagina? And I was like, no. And he's like, okay, cool. And it <laughs> oh, was when you lost your... And I lost all um, my... T- but, when really, I, but really what he heard was, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> when, this is me walking around the mission on Thursday night, about 8.30, just yelling down the mouths of streets that have tents on them. My stuff was stolen. I just want my keys back. <laughs> Who's got my Lucifer jacket? Like screaming at people in tents. And then some people came out of tents and they helped me. And um, they were the crackheads I met. 
Jackson well, Savage. Jackson Savage and Nate on the case. <laughs> They're like, we'll get it done for you. See all this stuff in front of me? This is all stolen. I can find your stolen goods. It was something like that. <laughs> but you live here. I do. And you can afford to live here. Oh, poof. So they got you. They did. They got me. They needed the stuff more than me. It's fine. It's fine. But. You are too liberal. <laughs> Be questionably housed need it more. They needed my stuff they more than I did. They needed those keys so they could figure Where out whose house it belongs to. And my, so, so my dad saw this happen on the Facebooks and says, oh, you're losing your life. What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And he offered me money. And I, and I said, yeah, I want some money. Can you just give it to the GoFundMe of Mutiny Radio? And he sent me an email back today, and he's like, I'll give you money, but I'm not giving any money to your station. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's the same thing. How is it any different? I like that he, de- that he demarcates he, the two. Though. He like, won't give it to the – he's like, I'm not donating to your station. Wait, what was that, Judd? <laughs> I think the GoFundMe charges you charges you a fee when you donate. Yeah, that's not why. He was not no. giving money to the it's station though, because right? I, I have no idea. All I know is that my dad was like offering me money and then I told him to give it to the station and he's like, I'm not giving your station any money. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, but I'm, I am the station. No, my, the whole point is that my dad hasn't offered me money in 25 years and he finally oh. did, but Fuck he you, won't dad. for the station. He but broke. He, he broke. broke first. He broke. But for me, and I was like, I'm fine. Like, my rent is covered. I'm fine. I have food stamps. I just need money for the station. He's like, I'm not going to give you money for that. Because my parents don't approve of what I'm doing. Oh, right, right. Well, you need, you need some savings anyway. Pam is like anyway. 45. <laughs> I want my parents' money. Who doesn't want their parents' money? I don't. They can go fuck themselves. Yeah, oh. probably like Elvis, someone like Elvis, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. I don't ever want anything from my parents. Oh my! Well, that's what I felt when I was your age, but now that I'm, <laughs> now that I'm old well, and Jen, dying, the difference I want my you parents. Pam money. is that you realized your cheerleading goals. And Pam did not. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, my cheerleading goals have never. I, I just She's gonna teach me a dance, and then I'll be able to do it. In my little <laughs> outfit. Can I watch? <laughs> she's not while she's teaching me. It takes me. It'll take me at least a half hour to learn the to learn the dance. Yeah. At least a it's half a, hour. It's a lot of uh, hair whip. Oh yeah. Oh, I can do that. Did you say heroin? I heard heroin. Hair, hair, hair whips. whips. It's oh, hair yeah, whips. Hair oh, hair whips. whips. Oh. Of course. <laughs> Silly me. Oh. Well, I, you also have to like have upper body upper body strength because oh no, no this is not real cheerleading this is professional cheerleading where you get paid to accept you the real cheerleading is something else you don't get paid for that oh I thought we were talking about capoeira <laughs> no, no one gets paid for that either <laughs> because it's a secret you're trying to keep it secret from the government that you know how to fight hmm. Sam cut his bangs and they look dumb. Ooh, <laughs> I look straight wow, I didn't even right notice until you pointed it out. <laughs> You're not wrong. No, I can't man. stop staring. <laughs> oh, no. I do look for. I do look dumb. I should. <laughs> hey, they're flipping up and staying out of your eyes, though. So that's probably convenient. For it's because I ride a bicycle for a living. If you can believe it, I ride a bicycle for a living. That's also stupid, and my hair is stupid. Professional bicycle riding. 
if you can call it that. You should do yeah, it on a unicycle. I get drunk <laughs> during the day. Do it on a unicycle and use both <laughs> hands and hold boxes that you can't fit on your back. <laughs> that would be more entertaining. <laughs> can you juggle? <laughs> People would probably pay more. Pay you more if you would get tips on your way to deliver too like people would see that and be like you know what juggle the pickup you know the stees that's what's up and then you like paint your face as a clown and you keep a juggalo like a juggalo you're trying to get me to join the icp i see what's going on i'm not gonna do it you've offered before you've offered before i'm not gonna do it the clown face tattooed to his face? All I heard was clown suits. What? And tattoos. Yeah, the, the clown face. The, the clown the, face. Yeah, the black and white clown the face. face. Yes. Clown face. Clown the insane guy. clown posse. The ICP. The ICP. I am. Um, I'm ashamed to admit that I've been to the gathering of the Juggalos. Hell yeah. You surprised twice. me. Twice. <laughs> On accident. <laughs> whoop whoop. Yeah, yeah. The rainbow I gathering know. ended, and you just followed the guys yeah, with the makeup and showed up in Detroit. And you were like, "What's this?" And they're like, yeah, "It's Michigan. We're ICP." Like, okay, cool. Is that Fago? <laughs> I'll drink it. Whatever. It's orange. It's fine. It's like my thirst. Yeah. Did you do it like ironically or like seriously? Uh, well, you know, I. You were invited. I was invited. By my uh, my juggalo friends <laughs> that I used to sell weed to, and they were like, "Oh, you're gonna love it! It's gonna be so much fun!" I was like 18, maybe, and on our way there, the van broke down, Ooh. and I was like, "I don't really want to go." Like we were like we were leaving from like Ohio to. Haven Rock, Illinois. This was Frankfort, Kentucky. I'm like, I don't really give a fuck about this festival. So I stand outside with all these jugglos, and this girl pulls up, and I'm wearing a Grateful Dead t-shirt, and this girl's like, hey, do you guys need help? I'll give you a ride to the festival you want. I wasn't going to stop, but I saw your Grateful Dead shirt. Uh, and it was like I guided the Juggalos to their event by just uh, being myself. And this girl was so cool. She was like driving barefoot. And she's like, I need to take a hula hoop break. And then she would get out and like, start hula hooping. <laughs> And then like when and then uh and then we got there we were like driving down this like so absurd windy country road, windy country road and I'm like like I don't even know how I'm gonna get back home you know I'm like okay I'm on this journey and we keep going and we're like driving and there's like five jugglos and me and this chick and after a while we're still going down this like windy country dirt road and she looks around she's like guys are we really going to a festival like. Or where are you taking me? And she got scared, and I could feel that she was scared. I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. And then finally, so, we okay. pull up, and there's a bunch of jugglers, and they're like, whoop, whoop, and she was so relieved. <laughs> I've never seen somebody look so relieved to run into that many jugglers. <laughs> like, she was like, oh, my God, this is real. And then I snuck in because I'm like, I don't really care. So I like, snuck in. Pay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like because they have to pay the entertainers, man. Yeah. That was the year that Tila Tequila got bricked in the face. It was Hell yeah. Yeah, and then like I saw Method Man and Red Man, and they were like they just throw shit for some reason. They're just like, throwing shit all over the place, and I'm like really high. I'm like on ecstasy and acid and all kinds of shit because that's the real reason I was there. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And then <laughs> they they hit Method Man in the face. 
and he started bleeding. He was not cool with that. And then he ran out to the backstage and he got a case of water and chucked it in the crowd. And he was like, it's not so funny when it's on the other side, is it? And I was like, what? No, the whole case. He did not break apart. And it hit an innocent person. Probably. Uh, It was really crazy. And then that same summer, my juggler friends that took me there, we ended up uh, playing this game, going on a road trip, and I met like rainbow people. And I went to my first rainbow gathering the same exact summer. And I'm like, this is like my juggalo gathering. Like, <laughs> like these are like my people. Like, you know, this is my ki- It was weird. It was a weird. Oh, I have a thing that fucking thing what, yeah. what is rainbow people? What is that? Rainbow people? Yeah. Oh, it's like um, yeah, rainbow like gathering is too. like a, a traveling nomadic anarchistic community that sets up kitchens. Whoa in national forests all over the country and all over the world. Oh, uh, wow. It's kind of like an underground like community. It's just, it's dirty things. hippies being dirty hippies. That's all. Yeah. Aww. In 1972. <laughs> it's the dirtiest of hippies being hippies. It's, it's the pre-Burning Man. It's the Burning Man before Burning Man that exists after Burning Man. It's described as a poor man. man's Burning Man by yeah. someone once. <laughs> it's like not quite the same because we're more focused on like food and like. Right now though, this is a cool thing, and you can spread this around if you want. There's a network of rainbow uh, people that have uh, communities and like places for people to stay. So if you know someone who's on the road and they don't have anywhere to go, that need to like wait out this COVID thing, they like came together. So. Oh wow. Yeah, it's like it, it goes beyond that, but yeah. It sucks because it's probably not going to happen this year. I don't get Rainbow Gathering, Burning Man. I don't really care about the Gathering of the Juggalos. <laughs> yeah. But it's probably not happening. It's either. probably not happening. Sorry uh, with your whoopty scoops and whatnot. Whoopity boop. Whoopity scoop. They have so, a, so they have a, a, a comedy tent there at. The, the gathering of the juggalos and if i got booked there i would totally go back i would go back and uh do a comedy show there i'll do comedy anywhere I don't nobody watches it though because they care about the music more what if you're wearing weird black and white clown makeup will they watch it then <gasps> yes mm. yeah yeah or they might like call you a poser or something you know, like, you know, like that's what they did the tequila tequila because she was like juggalos and they were like no and they like after that though after they like bricked her in the face and she was bleeding and she sued icp icp was like guys you can't do that you can't throw trash at our fucking entertainers that we pay to like entertain you fucks and they're like whoa they we made them upset and then like now they haven't been as rowdy yeah because weird people i guess listen or the juggalos haven't been as rowdy? yeah like they stopped throwing shit at each other they're like just trash it was crazy because i've been to a lot of festivals but that was like the dirtiest one it was like afterwards there's just litter everywhere because they thought it was i don't know it's a it's an interesting they're crazy, they're crazy people yeah yeah, uh, they're, they're wild. I don't understand extreme fandom though. Like to like yeah. love a band so much that it becomes you your life. Them tattooing that to your face, man. There's a dude with that tattooed on his face, like the clown makeup. Gross. Crazy. Let's. Uh, we have to finish out this podcast because eight o'clock is the end of House of Pride. Thanks, House of Pride, for letting us take your time. We've been talking about some weird shit. Let's close it out with yeah. everybody say the thing that they would be fan super fans for what are you a super fan for pancake uh, super fan super fan uh not me first super fan super fan mutiny radio oh stop it you're <laughs> lick my ass harder what uh something you're a super fan for jem perez what would you like what? you uh, um, i mean you're not you don't you're not gonna follow the fucking dead but no, like I'm- 
plan for love. Anything that I see that people are doing things lovingly in a loving way with very little hatred, I'm I'm a fan of that. So like the diggable planets? No, I mean, so give me an example. Like what's something that you would follow that you would say like, oh, they're there. I'm going. I'm going. I got to get there. Yeah. Uh, That's hard. 